you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL podcast is a factory of gladness. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Merry Christmas Eve from NFL Network's podcast headquarters in Culver City. We're always here. What a, what a night to be spending together. A festive atmosphere. Mark glowing in his brown sweater and good reason to. I mean, Greg, who's look, never celebrated Christmas, could care less. I celebrate Christmas every year of my life. Well, you that's have it the, all. That's the facts. You have it all. And, uh, uh, you know, we Greg can't be celebrates with our, every holiday. We're not with our families, but with, we're kind of with our family. You know what I'm saying, guys? I guess. Yeah, I agree. I celebrate Saturnalia. Pagans had the right idea. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready to go home to my family, but there's a job to be done here. Okay. And that is talking about all the football um, that was played on Saturday, uh, Saturday of exciting football. By the way, this is um, our Sunday night recap show, Saturday edition, sponsored by Friday and brought to you by Tuesday by your good friends on Monday and Wednesday. <laughs> so crystal clear. Oh, and Mr. F in his economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands. Mr. F. By the way, this morning, about 10 minutes after I woke up, the USPS knocked on my door with a gigantic gift package of wonderment from Mr. F, who delivered gifts for all of us, including Sydney. I've got to get you one, Sydney. What a guy. Shipped it from his uh, family's home in Colorado. What do you get for the girl that literally has everything? Well, I think he may have, he might have purchased this before she became ultra wealthy, so it maybe has no use to her. We'll have to see when she opens it. <laughs> um, okay. Yes, thank you, Mr. F. You're the man. Thank you to everybody for listening. If you're listening at, uh, tonight or on Christmas or the day after, uh, you know that we love you and um, 
and this has been a, a great season with you and happy to spend the holidays with you. And and I was all set to open the show, by the way, and talk about how the, all four of the big QBs in the, in the MVP talk um, had huge days today. Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Derek Carr. Uh, and then... Uh, something truly terrible happened. So on this Christmas Eve where, you know, it's all about uh, good cheer and, um, you know, uh, being warm and with your family, we have to start with a terrible situation. It happened at the black hole. Let's start there with our first game of the day. Second one from the five. And completes it. And Walford takes it home for the touchdown. Broke away from T.J. Green. And Carr has his second touchdown toss of this first half. Yes, that was... uh, Jim Nance of CBS. Derek Carr threw for three touchdowns, no interceptions, and the Raiders stayed in the hunt for the number one seed with a 33-25 win over the Colts. But this was a hollow, painful victory for Oakland, who lost Carr to a broken fibula in the third quarter. The MVP contender will undergo surgery to repair the fracture out indefinitely. Translation, out until 2017, you would think. Chris Wessling. The Raiders were shaping up as the feel-good story of the playoffs. In one instant, all that promise wiped away. If you could draw up a scenario that ha- would have Raiders fans flying as high as possible, end of the third quarter was it. Five straight drives, touchdown drives, led by Derek Carr. The running game for the second straight week looked more dynamic with DeAndre Washington involved, a new element to that running game. The you know, after all the questions in Kansas City about that offense, they seem to have answered them. And then Derek Carr goes down. He gets his ankle trapped underneath his body. The first time the Colts defense laid a finger on him all day mm. early in the fourth quarter. And he goes down. And, Dan, I think you saw this on replay. He immediately screamed out, it's broke, it's broke. Yeah. I mean, that was – we have the internal feed that allows us to – uh, watch on our TV screens while you're at commercial break, and they were running the replay back and forth, and immediately he's pointing at it, not in a state of panic, more like anguish and uh, just almost uh, shock that he knew right away the season was over, which led to the surreal moment. He gets helped off the field, and this, under to me, underscored how serious it was for this Raiders team that thought they could go to the Super Bowl. The entire team around the trainer's table on the Oakland sideline holding up Gatorade towels, trying to keep – uh, cameras off Derek Carr over, I guess, what felt like a really vulnerable moment for the franchise. It's such a downer. You know, the Raiders were probably the best AFC story and uh, right there with the Cowboys as the best stories in the league. And we'll see. They might still get the bye. Uh, you know, by the time you hear this, things are going to happen on, on the Christmas day, and you know we'll see what happens there. They might still get the bye, but it's hard to see a team with Matt McGloin. I like Matt McGloin, but it's hard to see a team that's really led by their offense. This is not a defense and running team. It's a passing team. It's hard to see a team with Matt McGloin making the Super Bowl. I like McGloin too, but not in January right. against a field of playoff teams. And the implications in the AFC – are massive. I, it felt like the Raiders were one of the teams that could potentially threaten to unseat the Patriots. Instead, you look at this conference, and you've got a Raiders, Dolphins, and Texans team that all have the quarterback, new quarterbacks from the from the players they started with this year. Houston may be an upgrade. Alex Smith in Kansas City, please. And then it's maybe just Big Ben and the Steelers that have to sort like basically. Ooh rip off wins to get to New England. And like so many teams in the NFL, I know the Steelers are playing very well right now, but I don't view them to be a flawless team by any stretch. No. I think the Raiders were, to me, and I'm, 
you know, I'm bummed out about the AFC and a lot of for a lot of reasons this year. But this to me is the death knell of the AFC being a compelling uh, conference playoff to me because the Raiders to me were juicy and they gave the the Pats a little bit of heat. Instead, it's some serious throne of ease action. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and- oh, somebody. Lock- I locked it up. Where's my lollipop? Sid, where are the lollipops? Uh, every week I leave them. Cole for you. I know. In the stocking. I know. And I was waiting for a moment to put in the lock because everything was such a downer. Doesn't really feel like a lollipop type of day with, with car going out, yeah. you know. And uh, and the Colts here can't be surprised that their defense didn't show up because they haven't shown up all season. But I've seen some speculation. You know, what's the surprise head coach firing going to be this year? I mean, couldn't it be the head coach that everyone – fully expected to get fired a year ago when he had the same record, except Andrew Luck wasn't his quarterback playing well all year. And couldn't that uh, be the surprise yes, firing? Yeah. And go- take Grigson with him. Yeah. And go home Colts. I don't think he'd be taking Grigson with him. I think they'd quickly separate and go separate their cats. own ways. Go home Colts. You're good. You're bad. You're good. You're bad. Figure it out and get back to us in 2017. And go home people that are criticizing Jack Del Rio for having Derek Carr in the game. There's no question he should be in the game at that point, and they should be throwing because you're playing the Colts. Every coach in the league would have had him, and it was literally the only QB hit they had all day. That's that's terrible it's luck. It's just coming it, from people's frustration. Yeah. Sometimes sports Icon. suck. So that happens, and they, and they got banged at a big spot. If you pull him in that situation, you have to start pulling him in the first half of games to prevent injuries. It doesn't make any sense. The football gods said no to the Raiders, and that's sad. Let's move on. Two timeouts available for Rodgers in 32 seconds in the second. He is rushed this time. He rolls to his left. Rodgers will keep it himself to the five, makes a move to the goal line. Touchdown, Aaron Rodgers from six yards out. Rodgers scampers in to put the Packers up 27-13 deep here in the second quarter. Kevin Lee, Westwood One Sports. Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind right now, and the Packers are emerging as a Super Bowl favorite as a result. Rodgers threw um, for how many touchdowns today? He had four. Four touchdowns. Threw for four and ran for another. Ran for another. 38-25 win over the Vikings. That stretches Green Bay's winning streak to six. Chris Wessling. If you ask your grandkids, what if your grandkids ask you, excuse me, what Aaron Rodgers was like at his peak, just point him in the direction of what's going on right now, right? Show him a clip of Michael Jordan in 1991. That's Aaron Rodgers in his peak. You know, Matt Ryan probably deserves the MVP. He's done it all season long. He didn't have any cold streaks. Tom Brady's right there, Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Rodgers. Those guys might have had better seasons, but there's no quarterback better than right now than Rodgers right now just because he's more talented than any other quarterback, and he's at the top of his game. He should have had six touchdowns today, but Devontae Adams dropped another one on Rodgers' <laughs> best throw of the Obligatory. day. Obligatory. His best is better than any other quarterback's best. I think we've seen and that. And he's at his best and right you mentioned, now. And you mentioned it to me downstairs, so I don't mind bringing it up. I mean, this is the same season, and this is why I don't think Rodgers should be the MVP. I don't think it's crazy that he's in the mix, but I don't think he should be there with Ryan Brady and and Zeke. It's because this is the same season that inspired Chris Wessling to say just seven or eight weeks ago that you didn't think we'd ever see that peak Rodgers again. And we are seeing it. And here he is. It's crazy. Well, he's too young to cancel the idea that he would have come back to that point. You you saw that through tape study, and you maybe wonder if it was gone. But there's too much left to Aaron Rodgers. My one concern with this team, though. This is a Vikings offense that has been absolutely stagnant for months and months, piled up 400-plus yards on this defense. They, the Packers' defense had improved, but 
come January, you're going to be playing Matt Ryan and the Falcons and other teams that can put up points and yardage. Matt Ryan's Falcons have the same concern as the sure. Packers do. Well, one thing that's been big for them, I saw during this streak, I think they have 15 takeaways and only one giveaway. So that that's a huge part of the equation. And if their defense, they do have playmakers on defense. This is the second straight week they've given up a lot of plays. But if they can make plays kind of, you know, 2009 Saints style where you get three turnovers a game and you still give up 450 yards and 25 points, maybe that's kind of their their MO. I mean, another angle to this game, and I think we it's clear that, uh, you know, and you can, you can put it all on me, that the team of ATL has been an absolute... <laughs> An absolute mess, and today's loss guarantees that they uh, will not have a winning record. At best, they go to 8-8, eight and eight, and that doesn't even seem a reflection of what they've been. We we chose them as the team of ATL when they moved to 5-0 and oh, heading into their bye week. They're 2-8 and eight since that point. This will be that like, on us? This will be like every male in America that at this point, no one, no male in America saw the film Titanic. No one in this room will have claimed to have voted for this team a year from now. Well, and they had one of the ugliest stories we've heard all year that – that Terrence Newman and Xavier Rhodes literally decided to not follow Mike Zimmer's game plan and play sides instead of just having Rhodes man up against Jordy Nelson, and Nelson killed them. Nelson destroyed them. That's what you get. They ought to be, sus- they ought to be suspended for the season finale. You I agree. And not just have a mutiny on your team. That's a tough way for Terrence Here's- Newman to go out. Great career, but that might be about it. Mike, Mike Zimmer, you know, after the game said this. In the first half, Terrence Newman came over and said something to me like, I can cover this guy. Let me have him. I said, do what you're supposed to do. And they just didn't listen. They didn't listen to him. Terrence Newman, yeah. a Mike Zimmer. Fire everybody. A Mike Zimmer favorite in Dallas, Cincinnati, and Minnesota. I think that's as close as any relationship between a coach and player in the league. Unbelievable. And that, I mean, talking about a microcosm of the shipwreck, the Titanic wreck that's become this Viking season right there. Zimmer, a respected good coach, uh, getting shown up by his own players. Ugly stuff, but the Packers are thriving and moving towards January. Let's move on. uh, Talk about another NFC superpower that ran into trouble today. Nine seconds. Cannon's arrow from 43 yards to win it. Five seconds. Will he get it off? The kick is up, and it is good! A stunning win for Arizona! Cannon Zero drills it home for a stutter. 34-31, Arizona. Kevin Burkhart and John Lynch of Fox. Chandler Canizero's 43-yard field goal as time expired was the difference. The Cardinals dealt a, a rival a huge blow, a 34-31 win over the Seahawks at the clink. Go figure, Arizona. The Seahawks took the lead in the uh, or tied the game in the final minute on a Paul Richardson touchdown catch, but it all went to hell after that <laughs> for Seattle, starting with a PAT miss by Steven Hoshka that kept the game tied. And then Arizona went down the field. Big David Johnson reception, another huge game. And then Mark, uh, Arizona stole the game. The Seahawks won't sleep well on this Christmas Eve. Yeah, it was quite a a different uh, result from the 6-6 tie we saw in Week 7, which was a highly (laughs) bizarre game. I'm not sure if even Steven Hauschka had made that PAT. Even Steven. Well, even Steven. I mean, the Cardinals might have gone right down the field and done the same thing. I mean, this, this game started so slow the Seahawks, I think, had one yard in the first quarter. Two minutes into the second quarter, Russell Wilson had been sacked four times, and both teams couldn't really get it going, and then suddenly it became explosive in the second half. Very fascinating, fun game to watch. 
and a killer loss for the Seahawks because what it does for them, you were they were the number two seed. You're knocked out right now. They've been overtaken by the Falcons who, you know, watching both teams, I kind of think this may be good for the playoffs to put Atlanta in that number two spot. Well, let's go to tabulation corner. What happens now, Greg Rosenthal? Well, Atlanta has got the number two seed right now, and all they got to do is win at home against New Orleans next week, and they are sitting at home first week of the playoffs. The Georgia Dome goes out on fire with a a home game in the divisional round in that case. Uh, What a turn of events. If they ever lost... The Seattle Seahawks get the 49ers next right, week. Right. So there's a lot to play for. Right. But the Seahawks, they got they got problems just springing up now. It's December. Yeah, it's like new things are, are popping up. Now Thomas Rawls uh, got hurt in this game, and so they got to go with Alex Collins in the second half. Tyler Lockett is out for the season after a gruesome ankle Ooh. injury. He was the key – well, along with Doug Baldwin, he was the key receiver for this team down the stretch. And he had so, just made the starting lineup last week. Right, and, and and had 130 yards and was was playing great, and and then their defense they gave up 20 points in the fourth they did, quarter. They in this lost game. Cam Chancellor for a couple plays in the first half, and Carson Palmer and Bruce Arians wisely combined with the play call and the read of the field. Palmer nailed JJ Nelson on an 80-yard touchdown. Nelson had 100 something like 130 yards in this game or so. No, Big game for him. No Lockett, no Earl Thomas. Right now, no Thomas Rawls, and the offensive line just doesn't match up with half the opponents on the schedule. No. This is not the same Seahawks team that was going into last year in the playoffs. No, I I would always give them a chance in a one-game playoff scenario, and that, that's what it is e- each week. But this is a team that – Carroll said it today in his press conference. Well, we just weren't ourselves out there in the first half. How many times has he said that over the last six weeks? I mean, that – It took this is a while. The right fact now. that they came very close to stealing this game. Arizona was a better game for a long – better team for a long stretch of this game. Is it oversimplifying – I know you guys laid it out very well. Is it oversimplifying to say that the, their season, just like the Raiders season, probably ended today with Derek Carr, that when Earl Thomas went out, everything else kind of uh, – their defense is no longer the Seattle defense we know ever since he's I mean, gone out. Nor is their run game. They, they You take away Russell Wilson's yardage on the ground. They are but, unable but to – They got four – they, yeah. they have as four as the pro bowlers goes, on defense, not named Earl Thomas. They, they, they can play better on defense. I, yeah. I don't think it's the same as losing Derek Carr, no. No, but it's a fair question because we still have respect for the Seahawks, but – They've dropped in my mind below the Falcons and Packers over the last couple of weeks. I agree with that. Uh, let's move on uh, to the AFC East. Uh, another great game, this time in Orchard Park. The 27-yard field goal to win it. Goal is down. The kick is up. And the kick is Hurt! good. The Miami Dolphins defeat the Buffalo <laughs> Bills in overtime, 34-31. to 31. Unbelievable. Announcer B shoots in from outer space to interrupt <laughs> announcer A's play call. That will not make it to the top 10, Sydney. You could delete this one off your iPad as soon as this <laughs> podcast is over. Jimmy Cephalo. Cephalo. WQAM with the call. Uh, yes, the field goal late in overtime ended it. Jay Ajay broke out of an extended slump with his third 200-yard game of the season, and the Dolphins refused to let the Bills play spoiler in a 34-31 overtime win. The Dolphins now clinch a playoff spot if the Broncos lose on Christmas, and the Bills are eliminated from postseason con- contention for the 17th straight year. Oh, my God. The fans deserve better than that, and they need to put out a better product on the field. Greg, this was a gutty win for the Fish. This was an awesome win for them and an awesome game if you guys get a chance to watch it later in the week. If you like the running game, 300 
or no, 533 yards of, of rushing wow. between the two teams. And Jay Ajayi had a playoff worthy performance to to go out there in overtime and get I think he had 75 of the 77 yards in that in that overtime drive including you know one big run and he's yard and he's run. doing it through a an injured shoulder and he is running through contact all day it felt like ha- most of his 200 yards were after contact he's doing it through injury that that's the type of thing that puts you in the playoffs. I don't think this team can win games in the playoffs, but that's the type of thing I mean, that gets you there. And Buffalo knew what was coming. Ajayi destroyed them the first time they played. Yeah, you I think, think you'd have you come up with a better you know way to stop? Yeah, him. he had two hundred. Yeah, he's run for four hundred and twenty yards or something like that in the two matchups. I mean, this was uh, if you love offense in general, this was <laughs> a, a great game and. You know, you got to give it to the Dolphins. And by the way, is there anything better for Handsome Hank? On, Happy for uh, him. Fa- Father Christmas comes early for Hank because not only are the Dolphins probably going to the playoffs, uh, you got Jay Ajay, his fellow Brit, uh, mm. looking like a superstar. Only the fourth running back in NFL history to have three 200-yard games in one season. And, and a reminder, Wes, they're doing this with Matt Moore, quarterback. Yeah, Matt Moore must have played well. My question for Greg is, is Jay Ajayi back? Is his slump over, or is this the same Bills defense that gave up almost 300 yards to Le'Veon Bell a couple weeks? Ago? Well, I think it's more on the Bills defense because shoddy tackling was an issue all day. You know, Devontae Parker had a 56-yard uh, touchdown because of bad tackling. Kenyon Drake had a 45-yard run because of bad tackling. I think Ajayi was running well the whole time. I think it was more of a, of a team thing. I think you got to be a little worried about the Dolphins if you're going into next week still needing a win, which we don't know right now. That's going to depend on the Denver game. They had 90 plays on defense this week. Their defense was terrible. I mean, they gave up almost 600 yards, could not get a stop until overtime against Buffalo. Uh, so I'd be a little concerned there. Anything else, guys? Got to wonder if Adam Gase, if they do get into the playoffs, is coach of the year material. I mean, this mm. was a team we essentially came very close to forking Dan a month him. into the season. Nah, Let the record show. I saved Dan, twice, Dan, actually. Dan saved a fellow AFC East team. Well, that, I mean, that seems a little... All right, I'll take it. <laughs> You've never denied this song. <laughs> that was the first time I almost did it because you know, I'm not a Dolphin fan by any stretch. We should uh, mention... This is probably the end for Rex Ryan, and he he it, he goes out because he trusts his defense too much. His defense has been the problem both years. He punts the ball away on fourth and three in overtime, it, with five minutes, four and a half minutes left in overtime. That's what you do when you trust your defense. It kind of makes sense. But this is an offense first team now, and what does his defense do? It gives well, up the lead right away. Fourth and three from the forty yard line too. Yeah, here's the irony for Rex Ryan. He made what at the moment seemed like a bad decision or a rash decision in firing Greg Roman and promoting Anthony Lynn. Now the whispers are they like Anthony Lynn so much, Bill's ownership, <laughs> that they want to keep him and have him be this year's Dirk Cotter <laughs> and have Rex Ryan sent away. This, I don't think you should base things off one game, but if ever there was a, a case to be made for keeping the Tyrod, Shady, and Watkins trio together with the same scheme, this was it. Tyrod was incredible in this game. LaShawn McCoy's been unbelievable all, all week, all year. And Sammy Watkins had had the game that they've been waiting for. Had some clutch catches, some tough vertical catches. He was great. And and we should lay it out there too that that Bills defense had a chance to win the game. Tyrod Taylor had a clutch fourth down touchdown pass to put the Bills up. Yep. Uh, with one minute to play in the fourth quarter by three points, and they couldn't get the stop. They couldn't gave, get a stop. Matt Moore up. didn't have like a great game, but he got that field goal and a great probably the. 
best clutch kick of the year just about 55 by, uh, yards. Mr. Franks. Yes, a 55-yarder running onto the field. Rex tried to ice uh, Franks on the play, but his timeout call came in too late, and it was ignored by the official. Ouch, uh, Rex. Uh, we'll talk about Rex a little bit more uh, uh, in a couple minutes, but let's now move. Unfortunately, we're not done talking about broken legs involving young star passers. Shotgun for Bortles. They run a reverse, and, it, and Marquis Lee's going to throw it back to Blake. Blake is open to the five, into the end zone, touchdown. There's a gadget for you. Marquis Lee took the toss from Bortles, and then he threw a pass back to his quarterback for the touchdown. Frank Frangi, or Frangi, W-O-K-V, with the call. You know, I like what you do, Sid, like with Bob Sosi, you give me the uh, the pronunciation on the printout. I'm going to need it for a couple of these. Get left alone on Bob Frangie slash Frangie. Yeah, that one didn't have one. They, Frangie? Apparently they assume you should just know how to say Cephalo? that. Cephalo? Cephalo? Jimmy Cephalo, Cephalo played for the Dolphins. Cedric Sabalos? Anyway. Speedy Gonzalez? Cedric Sabalos? The Doug Marone revolution has begun. The Jaguars, <laughs> with the help of a, a strangely, bizarrely effective Blake Bortles, Expertly played the role of spoiler in a 38-17 win over the Tennessee Titans at the Chlorine Factory in Jacksonville. What do you think about that for a nickname? I like it. It's clear. It's actually very factual. Yeah. Wes, this marked the end of the road for the Titans, who laid an egg in a big spot and lost Marcus Mariota to, yes, a broken fibula. In the NFL, you have to get used to loss. Only one of 32 teams stands atop at the end of the season. And unlike other sports, you continually lose throughout the season. You lose players. A lot of times you lose coaches. At the end of the year, you lose even more coaches. The Titans lost Marcus Mariota, and then they had to watch Matt Castle come in and knew that their season was over. Matt Castle is not taking you to the playoffs. And, and frankly, they ran into a buzzsaw today. Doug Marone's Jaguars played with a lot more zest and zeal than Gus Bradley's Jaguars did. Let's not let the Titans off the hook here. And they proved me wrong with that great win in Arrowhead. But even before the injury, they stunk in this game. They were getting outplayed thoroughly by a Jaguars team that obviously has nothing to play for. So, it, again, they're just like so many other teams in this league where they're a week-to-week proposition. And this this week, they were a bad Titans. They, they were an up-and-down offense lately. You know, I, I know their running game had a good first half against the Broncos, but they ended up with 13 points. They didn't do anything in the first three quarters last week. Great fourth quarter. Didn't do anything in the first three quarters today. Would have been nice to see Marcus Mariota get a chance uh, to pull off some comeback, but I don't think it was going to happen the way their defense played today anyways. And that's why I said, Dan, don't worry about the bandwagon this year because they're not ready to win this year. Right. They're a year away. They won three games last year. This was a great season. Well, it no, was a phenomenal no, season. No GM in the league added more to his roster and more more parts that contributed right away than John Robinson. So, yes, they don't make the playoffs this year in the, in the season ends in disastrous fashion, but I can't think of too many young AFC teams – with a fan base that has more to look forward well, to. Well, They're going to be around to for be a long clear, time. and this is a tricky spot. We're taping this during the Saturday night Christmas Eve Texans game. The Titans, as we're taping it, are not out of this. It's, and I, it's Thursday night football on Saturday. Oh, Thursday yeah. night, Saturday Please, night special yeah. football game day live. Yes. Uh, you know, so it's, it's tricky as we're taping this. In a, for instance, that Matt Castle was playing the Texans, I – I don't know. I mean, the Texans aren't some world-beating team that I think would have no chance. From 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 That's a realistic angle, though, even yeah. if they sneak in, the season is over. Right, right. I'm, I'm just mean, saying. Okay. Matt Castle might be the worst player in the NFL currently. <laughs> the P- everything's in place now for the Titans. We'll get we'll give them lollipop. Lollipop given. Nice season this year. Now you got to take the next step, and that means 
Marcus Mariota has to hit the ground running next season, uh, which he didn't do until mid-October. And all these other pieces need to uh, fall into place for them really to be a superpower. But a nice start, just a sour ending today. Let's move on. Oh, there's nothing sour about what happened in Cleveland today. Nine seconds and the clock is running. It's down to seven seconds. They set it down at the 35. It's down to four, three, two, one. They got it off. The kick on the way. End over end. The kick is up and it is no good. And the Browns have won it. A 45-yard field goal. No good at the absolute last tick of the clock. And it's 0-14 no more on Christmas Eve. The Browns are a winner. (laughs) That might be at the top of the list. Jimmy Donovan. Donovan. That might be number one. Jimmy Donovan has suffered through a lot of bad football. Into uh, the top ten with a bullet, Sid. Uh, Jimmy Donovan there with the call. They did it. They finally did it. Josh Lambeau's 46-yard field goal attempt as time expired when wide right and the Browns have avoided 0-16 infamy with a 2017 win over the San Diego not-so-superchargers. Um, Mark, no, before we get to Mark, I want to uh, throw it to Hugh Jackson. Here's what uh, the Browns coach had to say after improving to 1-14. It's about those guys. It's a heck of a Christmas present for all involved. Um because these guys work so hard and they've given me everything they have. And so I can't thank our, this team enough for what they do every week to try to go out and win a game. And today we're finally successful. So today was a good day for the Browns. Mark, uh, you weren't thrilled when they won this game. You were happy a little later in the day. Uh, but this was a, a nice day for the Cleveland franchise. It's, I'm, I'm thrilled for Hugh Jackson and for the front office and for everyone involved with a team that would have continued to just been – ripped on and made fun of all offseason had they gone 0-16. From that angle, I am happy. It was a half measure in my book had from a team-building process they lost the number one pick in it. And there's something to be said that from a – I'm glad they're not 0-16, but at what point am I supposed to express downright joy? You, the te- I know it's not popular that I wasn't dancing around when they won the game, but it's been an incredibly – rough run for Browns fans. I, I'm happy for those t- those fans that go to the stadium week after week and finally saw something worth their money. But this is a product that still needs so much work that I, you know, yes, I'm a little too hardened to be have people come up and pat me on the head and say, you got your win. Have nice. Have a nice time. It's, it's good they didn't go 0-16. I, I know, Dan, I feel like you don't agree with me, no, too. No, I don't. I don't at all. But you're not a Browns fan. You have I've but, watched. I've not missed a game in 31 years. I, this I is my I my it. unique perspective. I'm a, I'm a Jets fan, so I know pain as well. And I the reason I disagree is because like the video after the game of what went on in the Browns locker. That room. part I don't disagree with. Joe I, Thomas crying in the locker room. Hugh Jackson so emotional. They all huddle up and hug. Um, Joe Thomas said I, it. He has, he hates to say it, but that was their Super Bowl. And, I, I and couldn't be more happy face. for Joe and that, Thomas and for and that, Hugh Jackson. That's different. Is yeah, it's been a horrible run for the Browns, uh, and for fans of the Browns. But you got to take. It's still just a game, and you, and you have to, to me, take the the good moments when they come. And for the Browns, it was today that win the dr- the dramatic way it ended. That's why I was I was personally surprised that you were. I am happy upset for them. I don't happened. know. I wasn't upset. I don't know what the reaction was. People were acting like they had made the playoffs, and it's like I, I would like for the Browns. I would win. like to see the team achieve more before you start to get me 
you know, having mountaintop moments in the newsroom. I think there's an element that also <laughs> we're at work, and I was in the middle of doing something else at the right. moment, and it's like, I don't know what – I'm happy, for, again, for the organization, it is a huge monkey off the back. But there is so much more to achieve yeah. for any of them to keep their jobs that's beyond down the, next that's season. Down right. the road. The fans, that's you know, fine, cool, but like I'm the, able you know to look at that, You know who else was The fans were going crazy Good. there. I mean, they loved I'm, it. I'm happy for any, everyone that found joy in it. I am. I mean, and, I, and if, if my reaction was, uh, you know, off-putting to anyone in our newsroom, it's like I, I am loyal to this team. I've watched every single one of their games. I'll know when to celebrate. As somebody who went through a lost decade and saw the Bengals lose – the first eight games of the season multiple times and be an embarrassment and laughing stock. I totally get where Mark's coming from. What's one more utter failure and and laughing stock moment in a, a two decades of futility? Like to me, that's it's not that big of a deal if they went 0 16 compared to what you've already had to put up with. Uh, Scarlet Letter 0 16. And that's why I mean, that's why people are. I mean, because it's not the personal. Browns are already a laughing stock. Like, what's the scarlet letter to uh, them? 16 stays. Yeah, but for the people, I mean, you, you ultimately do root for the people. And, but we've and already when, established yeah. that we're happy for the people. Right, but I, I mean, couldn't that's, be happier that's for Hugh Jackson, man. I mean, They've I, been know, hurt I, by the last two decades, much worse than an 0-16 season would have hurt. Them. Right. No, I mean, I mean, Joe Thomas, who's sure. going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer sobbing in the locker room because he's a proud guy. And that would probably haunt him for the rest of his life I, and it's fun to win it's not that serious that's the thing in, in a way it's not that serious so you you win a game and for that one day joe thomas is happy and for that one day chargers fans are thinking like nothing can get worse for them that the browns kind of finally met something stronger than their own six own 16 <laughs> quest which is the chargers inability to win in the fourth quarter they're the worst fourth quarter oh team God. in football and they probably got their coach fired today if, if he wasn't fired i already. think they probably did i think that i don't know what else what how you argue for yourself if you're the chargers coach all right so with the win the browns had temporarily fallen out of the number one pick spot uh but that changed later in the day the 49ers rolling the dice Kaepernick rolling, running, and in for the two-point conversion. Well, that's just heartbreaking for the Rams. Oh, come on. Come These on. TV calls. Well, the TV calls aren't the same. Um, Do we have a bottom five of calls? <laughs> that's right there. A little more excitement there. Uh, at one point. Won them the game. He went for two to win the game. <laughs> it was great. That's Chris Myers uh, with Rondé Barber. Rondé Barber, after this, exclaimed, this rivalry is alive <laughs> between the 49ers uh, and Rams. Anyway, uh, the yes, Colin Kaepernick's two-point conversion run with, and I'll give some excitement, onions alert. Uh, with 30 seconds to play was the difference as the 49ers snapped a 13-game losing streak with a 22-21 win over the Los Angeles Rams at the Coliseum. You know, you're a Rams fan. You decide to go to the Coliseum on Christmas Eve, and this is how you get pretty, banged. It's pretty packed. It was yeah. pretty packed. And you watch Jared Goff have 90 yards passing with two interceptions and a touchdown. They've had a lot of low moments. That was a great moment for Chip Kelly and as low a moment as it's been for the Rams. And what a moment for the Browns, seriously, that it all worked out perfectly. You know what I'm saying? We need the 49ers to win this game. So that Whoa, when, uh, Greg. Cody Kessler comes off the bench. Gets the Browns off the Schneid, and they <laughs> there you go, and they wow. build a statue to him, engraved with a speech that Cody Kessler made at halftime, Tim Tebow happened. style. <laughs> that they still have the one pick, that they have the number one pick. 
Greg? I could not agree more with you, Greg. This is a this is winning in full measure, where you get a victory and you get the number one pick. To have the win cost you the number one pick is not something I was excited and about. And Kessler did Kessler to Coleman got would, that key first down was, at the end was. of the game when yeah, he came, came off the bench, which was that, nice. That tells us that at some point, and I'm proud of you, Greg, on Saturday afternoon while the games were going on, <laughs> reached out to Sydney privately oh, yeah. and said, you know, pull this. <laughs> Pull my greatness from the previous podcast. I'm proud of you for going down that road. Thank you. Well, it was really the Kessler thing I was excited. And and I'll and, say and I wanted this whole scenario to happen. That's and the, the scenario day. needed to the happen. The scenario was it perfect. Made, it made it, was it perfect. much different. It was perfect. A, a Niners offensive lineman after the two point conversion got uh, hit with a um, you know personal foul for sticking a football in the face of a uh, Rams player, and then after the kickoff that was pushed back. The Rams took over at the 43-yard line with thir- with about 21 seconds or so or 25 seconds. You only so. need about 20 yards at that point. And three timeouts. And I tweeted at the time, this is a nice little moment opportunity for Jared Goff. His first pass probably should have been caught, but it was an out that was low and wasn't the catch wasn't made by his receiver. That's Se- row. His second pass, terrible. Downfield, he, he eyes his receiver the whole way, and then it was intercepted. So Goff West not even remotely ready for that moment uh, against uh, arguably the worst team in football. It's hard to find a more depressing operation right now. Jared Goff has been so much worse than Case Keenum, who was arguably the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, and Todd Gurley having his season out of Trent Richardson's career. I am, I am extremely – I'm already exhausted. And this, this I've read this this morning in multiple places about Coach X wanting to go uh, to the Rams potentially because of the extreme talent on the Rams. They've got a franchise quarterback locked in place, and they've got so many players on both sides of the ball. Who are wa- Who is watching the games from this team? There is There are a couple <laughs> talented players, but slow down on framing the Rams as some sort of right. A plus destination outside of the fact that it's in Los Angeles. Let's not let's let's beat the forty nine. Let's not get swept by the forty ers before we get too excited. Brutal. Uh, let's move on to the throne of ease. Shotgun snap to Brady with 31 seconds to go. Shuffles up. Lobs a throw right. He's got wide open. Behind Harris. Yeah. Touchdown, Patriots. To the right near pylon. I'm telling you, it's a different way of thinking with this football team. They're in postseason mode. Great strike by Brady. 25-yard touchdown pass. Bob Sosi and Scott Zolak. Zolak. I'll tell you what with that Scott Zolak. Every week with this guy. WBZ with the call. No trap game here. The Patriots embarrassed and undermanned and under under talented. Is that even a word? Doesn't matter. It is now. Jets squad, a 41-3 win that inched New England ever closer to the AFC's number one seed. And if ever there was an appropriate time to be playing the Throne of Ease theme, it's right now. Not only do you get to whoop up on an embarrassing Jets team at home on Christmas Eve, your number one top threat in the AFC. The Raiders see their season end in week 16. Hell, week 17, you get the Dolphins and JHI's banged up. Uh, it's just, it is a wide open path to the Super Bowl for the Pats. And, and they do look a lot different right now, as our friend Mr. Zolak said. Then at the end of last season, Tom Brady kept his name, Greg, in the MVP race, three touchdowns. Jets were pathetic. Saw everything you want to see, though. The defense has been playing bad teams, but they've been dom- they've been dominating against those bad teams, and that's that's what you want to see. I mean, there's nothing more you can do. Bryce Petty left the game with an injury through three quarters. This is a wild stat. The, the Jets had just as many turnovers, four, as they had completions. 
Yeah, this is and that's what you want to see out of your defense. Jets, if you're the Patriots, I, I, that's the side I, I'm kind of worried about. And I think they can win different sorts of games now. They can be complementary: a little defense, a little running, a little Brady. The, the difference, how nice between the teams uh, in this game uh, was startling, and I think they were, you know, the desert people knew that. But it was scary to see. Even the Jets owner Woody Johnson didn't even go to this game, which uh, you start to wonder what's going on uh, in that building as the blowouts pile up. I think they've been beat by around 30 points in three out of the last four games. Uh, and, you know, the Pats look great. They look tremendous. Jets had just 239 total yards. The entire, you know, Bryce Petty audition was a farce from the start. He has, he has no opportunity with this offensive line, and he hasn't made the throws when he's had the chance, and now he's probably out for the year. He heard something pop in his shoulder. Um, so forget about that. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And it sets up, guys, a little hot butt bowl between Rex Ryan and Todd Bowles in Week 17. Uh-huh. Oh, what a, what a fun scene that will be in Week 17. You can cover that game. <laughs> Dan, you, uh, you, you stuck up for the Jets on Thursday saying that you thought – I stuck up for Bowles. Well, no, but that the team had not quit on him on any level. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. I I need to watch this one closer. Actually, I don't. But um, <laughs> don't. do you a believe that they are completely plugged in as a team? And B, do you, if you had to guess, does Bowles coach this team next season? I I think he's back. I'm gonna still think say he's back. And there is they got to get rid of a couple of bad apples. Sheldon Richardson again. After this, this guy game. feels like a like a superhero's arch villain. Can this guy just stay <laughs> out of the? Slow when, down, buddy. When told that Brandon Marshall had said that the game was embarrassing, uh, he said that um, that Brandon Marshall should be the one that uh, should be embarrassed and then said, oh, I shouldn't say anything. Scratch. I mean, get the but hell then out he of says town. He, he also said he knows what he did. Get the hell out of town. Let's, we don't want you here, guy. I mean, let's be a little honest here. How many locker rooms has Brandon Marshall been kicked out of in his career? But you're right, and that's totally fair. But Brandon Marshall has been a really good teammate last season and this season during a lot of crap with a lot of bad quarterback yeah. play. Um, so I, I, I don't know. We don't know the story for that, but that is a bad situation. If if you're curious, and you're probably not listening to this, the number one seed is something that the NFL usually moves the times of the games to make sure – that everyone's playing hard. So the Raiders are in this thing. It means the Patriots, maybe they'd move that, that Patriots-Dolphins game. That's a big game for both teams. That could be the playoffs on the line for the Dolphins and the one seed on the line for the Patriots. Where but, do they move that game to? I mean, they move it later in the day, maybe, Toronto. so it's the same time as the Raiders. So, I mean, so they, they're playing at the same Toronto. time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that, would, that would be fun. And, Mark, to answer your question, uh, I think it's even worse to say this, but I don't think this was an effort issue. Hmm. I think the Jets are this bad right now with their roster that going against a stud team like New England, it doesn't get It's just worse. crazy. They won 10 games a, w- a year ago. I mean, they've been the most injured team in the league, but they're also a terrible team. Moving on to a better team. Ryan on a play fake again. Going to throw it for Perkins. A catch and score for Atlanta. Joshua Perkins into the end zone. And I mean a big-time catch by the rookie. West Durham, EZGC. I've never heard of that. That was a person? That was a person. The Falcons are gaining steam as we head toward the regular season finish line. Matt Ryan, 27 of 33, 277 yards, two touchdowns. The Falcons, a 33-16 winner over the Panthers. That clinches the NFC South title for the Falcons. Mark Atlanta thrived in the air and on the ground in this game. I wouldn't want my team to see this uh, this squad in the first round, would you? Not at all. I mean, Matt Ryan could not have been 
more white hot coming out of the gate. I mean, his first half stats were unbelievable. He started 10 of 10, absolutely blew up the Carolina Panthers. It got it got closer, you know, at one point in the third quarter, but then the Falcons, they just have so many ways to dial up plays and to and to find holes in coverage. 33 points feels low for a team that dropped 83 over the last two tilts. So, I look, I mean, you don't want to see anything bad happen to knock these teams out of some of these seedings, but I think the Falcons in the number 2 seed if they take over Seattle, they deserve it. They are the most explosive team on offense right now and the best chance for an NFC title game against the Cowboys if it gets to that point that could be truly competitive and fun to watch. In a season in which it seems like all 32 teams have been the number one defense in the league at some point. (laughs) Everybody's had their share on that one. And a team like the Cowboys had a two-game stumble against the Vikings and Giants where their offense didn't play to its capabilities. The Packers went through a month where they weren't playing well. Mm. The Falcons' offense has been the metronome in the NFL. They have been the unstoppable week-in, week-out Best offense in the NFL. Incredibly you, consistent. You're right. If they're they, if they're they, averaged 33 points a game heading into this game. Scored 33 more today. If you think about it. Whoa. Ooh. Who locked? Hello. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pete, this, is an, this is an audio program, so to inform the listeners, Wes, Christopher Wesley just raised his hand. Yes. I've been on these Falcons all year, and I like what I've seen. That's two locks so far today, right? 2-0? Oh? Yeah. Fine. I mean, We're they're 10-5. They're and, you know, they blew a few fourth quarters. You know, they blew one against the Chiefs. They had a close game against the Seahawks. I, they blew another lead I, I, against the Chargers, a big lead. You know, they're close. To, they haven't been great closing those games. They're close to being a, a 12-13 win type of team. They also feel like over the last three, four weeks, they're starting to operate at peak power on offense. It's so it's. I don't think you can blow a game when you're up by 25 points. Um, I would ask the Kissing Cousins, you guys – Despise domes as as everyone oh, yeah. knows. Yeah. Are you upset though the possibility of there being multiple uh, dome playoff games mm. involving the Falcons? I I will not. I don't think I'll enjoy the dome atmosphere, but I think the Falcons' offense th- is fun enough to watch that it makes up for it. But there's nothing worse than a dome playoff. Two game. sneaky, uh, really good playoff games in the Georgia Dome the last time they were. Yeah, in the there were. I mean, the Seahawks and the yes. 49ers. Those are great. This time around, you don't have to pump in fake crowd noise because the team is giving <laughs> you something not. to cheer for. I I mean, with all things, yes, I typically don't like domes, but I have no problem watching this team play multiple playoff games. They're fun to watch. A solid nuanced, a nuanced answer by both of you guys. Let's move on. And Greg. And, uh, and Greg. Greg. I didn't ask you, though, Greg. Doesn't uh, I don't need to be asked. I'll just jump in. <laughs> That's I mean when you are NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal. Yeah. You know you don't need to be a kissing team. cousins don't matter. Jump in. The That's Raiders NFL don't Network's matter. Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> you celebrate Christmas. You celebrate Hanukkah. You celebrate Easter. You celebrate Flag Day. Everything's Greg, coming up roses. For what Greg. you don't think I should celebrate Flag Day? Yeah, that's the sticking point. I'm not American. All right, let's music makes it sound like Greg got turned into a Lifetime movie. <laughs> it, it could happen. Let's move on and uh, see how the Redskins are doing. Redskins, the Bears 17. Here comes the Heat. Cousins, little dump off Chris Thompson. The catch on the right side of the 10 to the 5. He's got a hole, and he's into the end zone for a Redskins touchdown. Second score of the game for Chris Thompson, and Cousins really bought some time that time, Sonny. A good call. 
Sonny Jurgensen, legendary quarterback, oh not at the peak that, of his announcing game though today. That was the creature of the Black Lagoon. I don't, I don't care what you say. Larry Michael and the creature of the Black Lagoon, WTEM, with the call. That's a Hall of Famer, Dan. Kirk that's, Cousins. That's going to get back to the Redskins organization somehow, some way. Um, Kirk Cousins had bring it on. Had one touchdown through the air and two more on the ground, and the Redskins bounced back from that ugly Monday performance with a 41-21 win over the Bears. Uh, the little success story that was Matt Barkley derailed in this one as the backup threw five picks, including four in the second half. And now let's swing on over to Tabulation Corner to find out if the Redskins have a clear path to the playoffs after today's win. I love those numbers. It really depends on the Lions. I hate to say that. It's, they, they are really rooting for the Lions to lose those two games. Why do you hate to say that? Well, I mean, just because we're taping this early, it's not a definitive answer. I'd like to give a yes or no. Oh. They're in the mix. The what Bucks loss helped them. What a they, pro. They needed the Bucks to lose one of those two games, and now uh, they got one. Uh, tabulation Corner, he takes it very seriously. Yes, he does. So the fact he Greg disappointed that he couldn't give a more concrete answer tells you that he is invested. He hits home runs. He doesn't hit singles or doubles. All right, very nice. Uh, I don't know what else there is to say about this game. The Redskins were a much better team, uh, but you you, got, you give them credit on a short week bouncing back and and wiping out the Bears. Who uh, you know Jordan Howard is really. The success story here, he had another 120-yard game, but Matt Barkley uh, didn't give them a chance in this game. Uh, Robert Kelly, I believe, left with an injury. Uh, we'll have to keep a tab on that. Well, that week- Shad Breeland, the Redskins corner, said every pass over 15 yards that Matt Barkley <laughs> threw, they all just looked at each other and said, whose turn is it now? Oh. <laughs> this was kind of an early Kirk Cousins type of performance from Barkley where he just tried to be the hero, I think, mm. in the second half. He started five games, and he's going to be knocking on the door to the top ten in interceptions. That's, that, that's not ideal. The Redskins, by the way, play the Giants. We should mention the Giants today have done some tabulations. Okay. Oh, back to the corner we go. I mean, this is a big part of today. Yeah. Giants absolutely. have clinched the playoff spot. Oh. Wow. They're in. And so – the Reds Let's get ready for some more giant football. Well, you know how the Raiders have Matt McGloin and the Dolphins have Matt Moore. Very the right Giants right. have Eli Manning, which is pretty similar. Well, people <laughs> have said that kind of stuff before. And But the, the Giants won't have much to play for next week, and the Redskins playing the Giants. It's going to be a big game for them. Hmm. We'll see how the Giants handle it. Oh, I can't wait. Wes, that's, that, maybe that could be the West of us. If you really feel that strongly. Well, I don't know. Eli Manning? Yeah, failing in the playoffs. I mean, Uh, I wouldn't get behind Eli in the playoffs to go against him. I feel like I've been rooting against Eli Manning as long as I've been rooting against the Bengals, so it's pretty (laughs) similar. Uh, Let's move on to our final game of this um, Sunday night podcast Saturday special, sponsored by Friday and brought to you by Tuesday, (laughs) by your good friends on Monday and Wednesday. From the Bucks, 14, it's Ingram. His second touchdown today. I tell you what. (laughs) <laughs> you couldn't have started this half any worse if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Like Greg Rosenthal, Kenny Albert and Daryl Johnson of Fox with the call. Drew Brees threw one touchdown pass, and Mark Ingram ran for two scores. Uh, hopefully he wasn't fuming on the sidelines if that wasn't enough. As the Saints <laughs> ended the Buccaneers' feel-good story with a 31-24 win at the Super Mark Sessler, <laughs> 3-0. Oh. Whoa, we are flying with the locks now. And the comp we put we've put it into the safe. We spin, you know, the wheel thing or like the what is it? It's like a circular It's almost like a like a, a pirate ship wheel almost. Kind of like a pi- we spin the pirate ship wheel lock 
and then we leave it there. And then we go get it on, on Saturday. Don't night. need to think about it again. Mm. The I got to wait till Sunday for the Steelers. Bad job. I should have picked uh, the lock that was on Saturday. I, Poor showmanship. No yep. lollipops today anyway. You're no Liberace, Greg. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Strong silent type. You know, we – it's true. Uh, Greg, the Bucks were 8-6 and six and leading the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football in the fourth quarter just six days ago. Uh, it feels like a more innocent time now. It does, and yet eight and seven feels right for this team. You know, their defense was good. It was a little too dependent on takeaways. They didn't get that the last uh, few weeks. Give up 31 points here. And Jameis Winston, to me, needs to just rein it in a little bit. He's a little... He's a little up and down. He's a little at least a little bit all over the place. A little out of control, I would say. Not with his emotions, but just his throws and the plays and everything from drive to drive just seems, you know, too up and down. He's a young quarterback and that's that's what happened. I mean, that's, we why talked about, eight, that's why you go eight and seven. We talked about Matt Barkley wanting to do too much. Is maybe is there a little bit of that Absolutely. going on with the team trying so hard to be that feel good squad? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean he is he's like so angry at Josh Huff for not beating uh, a cornerback in the open field that you can just like see him like going crazy and I'm kind of, I'm thinking like you can't be worried about that too much. It's like a young stallion he needs to be broken in a little bit. Yeah. It, your description reminds me of Brett Favre and Mike Holmgren just like smacking his palm against his head every time Favre does something silly. Same thing. Same thing. And they I'll played a good quarterback. You know, they played a this was not a shutdown defense. It was a good defense for 5 6 weeks. I think it's it has the makings of a good defense. I don't think it was going to be a top 5 defense. Um yeah. you want a, a Jeopardy answer, Greg? They're not out of it officially, by the way. They, ah, one they, more trip they, to they, Tabulation they Corner. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> under 1% or something, isn't it? They, they need a lot of things to happen. Uh, you know, they need the Redskins, the Lions. The, like the Lions plane being lost at sea. It's a lot of things. All right. Little Jeopardy time, Greg. Who are Matt McGloin, Alex Smith, Matt Moore, Tom Savage, Tom Savage is real. Trevor Simeon, and Matt Castle? Who are they? They're all quarterbacks in the NFL. I, don't, I mean, they're all trying, I know you're looking for more than that. I'm trying to think. All quarterbacks better than Eli Manning right now. <laughs> all quarterbacks uh, who have never been in my kitchen. They are all quarterbacks that, who have a very good or moderate chance to be playing in the AFC playoffs against your boy. Wow. That is a complex I noticed you Jeopardy got Ben answer. Roethlisberger out of there. Yeah, well, <laughs> because he doesn't fit in with that. I'm talking about these are all terrible quarterbacks, the middling quarterbacks oh, so. that you get. Uh, what does that have just, to do with anything? March through. There's your Christmas gift today. Congratulations, Greg. I mean, the Steelers are the only team in the NFL that are ranked in the top 10 in Football Outsiders offense and defense. So just throwing them out of that mix seems – wait. Unfair. You don't get it. I'm sure they replaced the Philadelphia Eagles as the only team in the top ten. And well, they're defense. Yeah, I think Dan has made a solid point that the road to Super Bowl 51 for the New England Patriots, you could never have imagined it be this soft, this cushy. It's like an easy pass lane at 4 a.m. You're going 90 miles an hour. There's nobody else on the road, and there's All no you have cops. To do is stay awake. We, stay awake. We've seen football. We've seen what happened. Here we go. But. Th- I'm confident because the Patriots are playing great. That's the key part of the well, equation. Oh, yeah. They're playing their best. They got it all. That's, they're playing better than I expected. Everything's clicked. That's the key part. Don't think we didn't notice your nod to Cliff Clavin on that answer, too. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you know, cheers. Oh, Weston. Um, 
you know. Sorry, that, Bucks, by the way. Doug Martin, a healthy scratch. That was weird. That was weird. Hmm. Uh, we will be back. Uh, there are still three games this week. Uh, the, yes, the Cincinnati-Houston game and then uh, the two Christmas games. We've got to cover every day of the week this week. Uh, but we will uh, touch on them in some capacity on Tuesday, I'm sure. And the Lions-Cowboys. That's a big one. Yeah, so that's the next time you'll hear from us is Tuesday on the other side of Christmas. Um, but that's it. Now, that's it. Uh, now it's now it's time to begin Christmas. Are we allowed to use this music? I don't know. Probably not. Don't tell any shadowy league figures, uh, Sydney. That is it for the Christmas Eve edition of the uh, Around the NFL podcast. Thank you to everyone who, uh, wa- if you're watching on Periscope, Merry love Christmas. You all. That's a good job by you. Christmas Happy holidays <laughs> across the globe. Yes. Yeah, so thank you very much for listening. Happy holidays. Have, uh, Merry Christmas. Greg, happy Hanukkah. Thanks. And uh, we will see you on Tuesday. Uh, Until then, this is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and new money behind the glass. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in Amazing. some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts.